interfacing with the Matrix. The all-spark that links everyone and everything that ever lived or ever will live. Excellent Archive, the highest rated uh, Beast Wars or Beast Eras adjacent podcast on Apple Podcasts, where we watch each and every episode of the 90s CG cartoon Beast Machines. As a reminder, if you want to follow along, you can do so in the DVDs or on Tubi.tv or TBTV.com. I always forget which. I'm James. I'm Dode. And uh, we have a special guest, returning like uh, three-time champion, Lewis. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah. And uh, uh, three three times? I thought, I, I thought I've got one a season. I think this is number four. Do I need to go uh, oh, check the, the notes? Actually, <laughs> yeah. You, I think you're right on that. Four times, uh, yeah. I think you might have been the only guest we had season one, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I've claimed one uh, a season. And uh, mm-hmm. now that I'm putting this one in the pot, I, I am happy to call this one the, uh, the penultimate uh, Lewis Visits. Beast Machines, no. <laughs> uh, oh, I just got an idea for which one. Uh, keeping the theme running of which episode you're on, I just thought an, I got an idea for which one we could have you on for season two of this. Oh, no. <laughs> well, not to bury the theme, but I didn't think y'all guys were trying to theme me until y'all, uh, we, we talked about me joining in again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Beast Machines is really exciting for me because it's actually the, the first season I didn't finish. So yeah, uh, y'all can pick out season two, whatever, because um, I'm I'm probably forgetting or completely missed out on uh, a lot of the finale stuff, a lot of mm-hmm. what wrapped up the season. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, like, we we won't get offended, but have you been, have you been keeping up with us? Well, of course. Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah no, I just the only reason I was asking is like so the mysticism thing like it it balances out towards the later parts of the series. Yeah. Well, as this episode might lead you to believe, yeah, there's totally a uh, problem of balance. The, we'll, we'll get <laughs> yeah. into what that is. I, I think yeah. I've got some words about balance, but okay. uh, to, yeah. to so, balance this one out, like I said, I missed out on a lot of it. That's because this was a Saturday morning cartoon for the longest time for me. Actually, it was mm-hmm. a weekday morning cartoon for the longest time for me. Sometime around this Revelations three-parter, mm-hmm. the whole series jumped to Sunday mornings. 
And I'm a church kid. <laughs> so uh, I, I blame Beast Machines for the reason how I learned how to program a VCR to record. Yep. Actually, sim- similar, <laughs> similar reasons why I actually... Uh, Power Rangers, I learned how to program a VCR because when, it, when Disney bought the series, um, the only way I could watch it was on ABC Kids on Saturday mornings. And uh, due to some... Uh, Due to some drama between my dad and the local mosque uh, council, which he was on, uh, we went to a different one, and uh, they were making us go at like noon on Saturdays yeah. when like we were leaving as the episode was on. I'm like, okay, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I I feel your pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, was it actually? Was it on Sunday? I'm I'm just checking now. You go, go ahead and keep going. There was a there was a channel change. It used to be like Fox Kids or something like that, and mm-hmm. then the channel owner station something changed over, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of completely ruined that opportunity for me. So yeah, it's uh, I missed. Like... Oh, sorry. Do you want to continue? I missed out on you know watching a lot of the episodes, but I did actually end up buying one of the uh, Beast Machines, and I got to say. Jetstorm is actually my fa- one of my favorite Transformers of all time to actually transform. I think the Viacons were so simple in their transformations that it made it really kid-friendly. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned in our previous episode, is like, well, it seems passe to like, I get excited about like vehicle mode Transformers in a Transformers toy line, because like, of course there are. This was like the first time that they're, like, you had had like a gap, you know, ever, like, like I know for me, like, there hadn't been like vehicle Transformers since generation two so like getting like all oh, these like cool like future vehicles that like look cool but they don't suffer from the uh transform into nothing problem a lot of a lot of like future or cybertronian vehicle modes tend to suffer from like anything any transform that transforms into a futuristic spaceship you're just like well i guess this is a space it's like well it's a geometric thing with panels i guess this is a vehicle mode <laughs> <laughs> the actual the vehicles tend to be re, like rooted into like you know like an Ur, a similar Earth vehicle, just like very like future and cyberpunk. So you can say like, okay, this cool sweat thing forward jet that like doesn't you know never it's not based on anything that exists, but like I know it's a jet. <laughs> yeah, a jet storm. I know it's a jet. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, like if you if you want an example, like describe to me what a uh, meg- movie Megatron's vehicle mode is. Movie Megatron's vehicle mode? Yeah, like like from the Bay movies. Oh God, he's, he's what? A jet, yeah. What? No, no. What? What vehicle mode? He was the space probe. He was an amalgamation of robotic parts. He didn't have a mode. He just transformed. Yeah. No, no. He was. He was. Yeah. He was a ship. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of his uh, machine mode. Looks like terrible. Yeah. Actually. Okay. How would you try to like? Like, I mean, like, if if I said like, draw it, would you like? Could you even? I think I just draw the Gradius ship. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, the Vic just, Viper. <laughs> based off of my recollection of it, I think I might uh, end up drawing some kind of space fighter. Yeah, as I said, transform into into nothing syndrome. Not a problem with these vehicles. Mm. And I said, like I've mentioned, like, like it's a shame since this is an audio media only. But like, I I would be interested in doing like a like a like a toy roundup. But like, if he was just like, well, here's this toy and here's this toy, and just like. Man, like, <laughs> this is like I sure wish we could ch- we could show you pictures of them. Mm. Oh, speaking of original Megatron, I have to say my roommate got uh, us watching the real Ghostbusters a while ago, 
mm-hmm. and a random mook monster showed up and we're both thinking wait wait what is this uh what is this uh boogeyman why does he sound so familiar it's freaking frank welker mm-hmm. wasn't he um slime Original... in that though so well, he was, he was but he was doing megatron voice he was doing g1 meg's voice mm-hmm. and it was throwing me for a loop and was like okay apparently megatron can wear a goblin mask or something <laughs> yeah no that's always weird when like you you get that like i think i forget there is a, like like the uh like uh robots in disguise the 2001 one is also pretty inf- kind of you get a lot of those since it has it was dubbed by i think t- it's either four kids or saban so you basically have a ton of power rangers voice actors doing it including like i think like you get like zor like uh lord zed and rito during voice uh, doing character voices I um so uh, Power Morphicon like Neil Kaplan, uh mm-hmm. was 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 at a panel. And someone asked him like, well, who, "What's your proudest role?" And he actually said like, "I was Optimus Prime." Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he actually yeah. So um, I'm pretty sure it was actually Savon doing the voices, mm-hmm. uh, do, doing the dubbing at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, which I, I he was about I think it was earlier that day. I was walking. I was just walking past his table. He was. Talking to someone, I'm, uh, I, I think I just yelled out. I'm, I'm like, uh, "You'll always be Hawkman to me." And he's like, "I, I am cool with that." <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, "Oh, that's that's nice of him." He probably gets yelled out like that all the time. He's, I'm glad he's rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a little starstruck when I was meeting a lot of those guys. <laughs> um, especially Lex. I think I've told this story, but like Lex Lang with with uh, or Graymon, he was the first person I talked to. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to go through LA traffic that day, and, and a, a flight was delayed by like an hour. I was, I just said to him like, "Hey, you made all that with like five minutes of talking to me. You made that worth it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, actors are people too, people. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> should we get yeah, to the I think episode? We should move on to the episode, unless there's yeah. uh, anything else not specifically about to the episode you want to talk about with these machines. Um, uh, I do you want to no. say that. Uh, this was a Saturday morning. It might have been right after. Right. It's it. My local station may have changed. It was really weird. I couldn't find any record that it was happening. Like, mm. I've gone back and tried to find record of this happening, and mm. I can't find it. So, my 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 uh, <laughs> my TV stations were um, bamboozled at some point in <laughs> in the late nineties. <laughs> yeah, I. I th- I know we've mentioned it in, on like other episodes, but like it's a thing you kind of take for granted in like the internet era when you can like stream or download anything. Just like having to deal with networks and not knowing, not knowing like when stuff was on. Even if you're like, even if you're like still using cable, you at least you know have like DVRs and guides and stuff to be able to find yeah. stuff. But like you know, I remember like you know growing up and a lot of different like like morning blocks. Like I remember like. On Sci-Fi Channel, with like, oh, they're showing Voltron, and then like when it take off, I was like, well, I guess I can't watch Voltron anymore because it's not on the air, and I don't know where to find it. Down, da- find it yeah. anymore. Keep it's circulating actually... the tapes, yeah, or Generation <laughs> actually... One episodes and stuff like that. That's actually why I I don't I actively dislike baseball because a lot of the time it preempted my sh- my Saturday morning <laughs> cartoon. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah no like um i was in high school one time you guys do either of you remember that show uh legend of the seeker uh, oh no. now that you say it yes yeah so i actually Wait. have both seasons mm-hmm. over on the shelf over there um but that 
uh, I remember, yeah, I going into going to class on I think it was on Monday. My calculus teacher asked, like, "How was your weekend?" I'm like, "Oh, baseball preempted one of the shows I really wanted to watch. Yeah, it kind of made me mad." Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because you you've always been on the West Coast, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, then you'd definitely be more affected, because I'm trying to think a lot, like, when would baseball ever, like, preempt stuff? It's just like, oh, no, like, West West Coast, like, you'd have to deal with, like, East Coast starting times. Well, I was watching on, uh, I was mostly watching broadcast stuff, so, like, uh-huh. the games would be starting, like, around uh-huh. noon or just after, but right, there was right. stuff that was preempted, yeah. Right, games on the East Coast being broadcast on the West Coast have to start earlier in the day. Yeah, no, no, yeah. sports no, 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 but messes they, they, up. They weren't, they weren't East Coast games. Oh, really? Sports yeah. still messes everything up. Like you can't yeah, schedule yeah. sports. Yeah. Mm. Uh. <laughs> uh. That's what I had to say before we get to the episode. Okay. All right. My my one sports suggestion is I'm happy Bryce Harper is signed with the team, so like this baseball season can actually get started. That's gonna date this episode, but whatever. <laughs> so. The, the- the 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 then by the its very nature this show is uh is dated. We're talking about a twenty year old show. Okay. So speaking of this show, we're on episode sixty one of our show, uh, episode nine of season one, Revelations Part Three, Apocalypse. Which I feel is kind of over. Like this is a good episode, but that is kind of overselling this ep- this episode because there will be actual apocalypses that will happen later on in this show. Well, maybe the Japanese title will be more apt. Uh, Message from the Stars. I I feel the apocalypse implies more the uh, history that Rat Trap pulled out last episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Yeah, okay. So, it's it's uh, the devastation of their world. I, I'm, we're we're barely into it. And I'm already getting metaphysical about this. You're right. There's so much spirituality in this this show. Yeah. Actually, okay. Wait. You you're you're right, Lewis. Uh, so apocalypse actually means like great unveiling. So in that yeah. sense, it does fit. Yeah. Okay. All right. I retract. I retract that that snarky remark. Then it is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Have as much snark as you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this episode aired on November thirteenth, nineteen ninety nine. It was written by Steve, uh, Stephen Melkin, uh, who is like a lot, like a like a lot of uh, writers. Like one of these days, like I would love to be able to like talk to a writer who just like what was it like just like having to like just random scripts for like a dozen shows going around like it's you you think about today's shows and like they have a writer's room and like specific writers room, just like no here you have like a billion different writers like all right one-off episodes and such anyways i bring that up since his credits include x-men extreme ghostbusters big guy and rusty the boy robot the mummy the animated series the batman batman the brave and the bold <laughs> star wars the clone wars so he also so in addition to working on beast machines he also wrote he also wrote for Prime and was a story editor on the 2015 Robots in Disguise cartoon. This is, and of course, this is his uh, second of six episodes coming back from Forbidden Fruit, which I feel is like a much stronger return because, like, I think I was the guy who, who just like, who did not like that episode. Oh yeah, the, the, that's Night Dream's introduction. Right. So a lot of I think a lot of people didn't like that episode. Uh-huh. And directed by this episode was directed by George uh, Semelski. Who, who were uh, animated for Mainframe? Who later went to work with? Uh, forgot to write the name. It's Nerdcore, uh, Nerdcore Entertainment. Oh yeah, no, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, he's re- he's returning from yeah, that's right. He's returning from from Beast Wars where he did Transmutate, and he's gonna do uh, two more episodes of this show. So, 
we start off with a little with a little bit of recap. Like I I don't think I I think I forgot to mention it last time, but like the clip of like Jetstorm going like prove your loyalty to Megatron is burned into my brain for some reason. <laughs> he always gets uh, the best lines. Yeah. 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 Hey, uh just just for fun, Lewis, uh recap the last two episodes since you watched them. <laughs> uh the last two episodes were Black Arachnia uh Black yeah, Black Arachnia trying to uncover this crazy flash of, I think we know these sparks. And then Optimus is like, I think we know one of these or two of these sparks. And then everyone's like, I think we're going to get in trouble if we find out how... We... No, man, I cannot describe this. This was a cluster. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. Suddenly there's this mystery about all these sparks. And we did get, like, the, the, the stinger of the last episode was we got a reflection and a revelation that uh, Tankor is... Rhinox! My boy. My big, thick-skinned boy. Um, and that was a good... This was a good uh, reveal. I love the fact because the way they led into it, mm-hmm. they made Rat Trap think he, it was his visions. They even let Rat Trap talk in the dialogue. So he's like, oh, this is my memory banks. Why am I getting my memory banks? Whatever. Mm-hmm. But that that was a good bit of writing, I think. That was a good way yeah. to do the reveal of, no, 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 it's the other guy. Hmm. Yeah, no, it is a good reveal, though, like, I like I do feel, I think I kind of headcanon that, like, Rat Trap was, like, hitting, like, the 30-second skip button, like, whenever, like, Rhinox would be about to talk in that scene, and that's why he <laughs> didn't see, no, no Rhinox was there until the end. <laughs> Oops, I accidentally censored every bit of Rhinox's lines. <laughs> ah, just oh, forward. well! It's not like he would see Rhinox in, in frame so he would know that he was there talking. Just like, yeah, whatever. Jump, jump, jump. Okay, so... Anyway, so, yeah. that That's what's happened so far. And we get, like, a pretty open, like, action-packed opening. We have, like, night screen... We have, like, opening up with, like, where Jetstorm has extracted uh, Black Arachne's spark and flies off with night scream in full, in, uh, full chase. We have Optimus getting another, uh getting another vision as uh he sees like he's going through a field and he sees plants with max like plants grow with like the maximals heads but a comment is like is this foreshadowing botanica but like then they all turn like they get infected by technology and you know they start crying about like why didn't you save us you failed again optimus as he wakes up again and then we cut back to uh, Cheetor and Rattrap dealing with the revelation that, uh, Rhinox is, uh, sorry, Tankor is Rhinox. And all of that happens in, like, um, like, two minutes or so. So, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack, and I really do like Zen Optimus, but there is, so, okay, the, the running theme, the running mystery is, who are these Viacon generals? Mm-hmm. We've got Rhinox confirmed as yeah. Tankor, and Tankor does not feel like Rhinox at throughout the entire series. I'm 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 kind of glad that got discussed, that got put up. Mm-hmm. But that begs the question, why the heck did Jetstorm use a Texan accent? Didn't Quick Strike die? <laughs> <laughs> He's just totally disrespecting Quick Strike's memory. I, I, I really think they're starting to throw in uh goose eggs and Easter eggs, uh uh false red herrings and stuff. I think they're just playing around with the characterizations to make the mm-hmm. people who are really invested uh, double jump, uh, d- double yeah. check. Um, well, I, I would, I, I will, uh, posit that remember that Quick Strike was sort of Silverbolt's nemesis, uh-huh. 
So maybe some of him like leaked in. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but isn't uh, isn't Thrust Silverbolt? I mean, didn't you see the shadow in the previous episode? Didn't you Thrust didn't is rolling you, up and he's didn't got. You, uh, didn't you say Thrust? Didn't I say Thrust? No, I said Jetstorm had a Texan accent. Oh, I thought you said Thrust. My bad. Yeah, so it's Thrust and uh, Quick Strike, right? That's who we got, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love this. Is okay. I know y'all put up a spoiler uh, poll, and I love. I love the spoiler game. So uh, I, I think I'm the, the sole dissenting vote against this, but I loved uh, that they're playing with that. But again, Zen Optimus, Optimus being the mystic and he gets guilt tripped by these techno plants. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> that, 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 that's fun. That's just weird, but it's fun. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. So we come back to uh, Cheetor and Ratchet. I mean, Cheetor initially like, doesn't believe that it could be Tankor. It's like he's just a he's just a dummy. Like that's not who Tankor is. Uh, sorry, who Rhinox is at all. Sure about that? And then as Tankor goes online, he's still. I should. Uh, he's still speaking in the Tankor voice, and they try to get to him, but he. Like much like in the uh, I think it was Mercenary Pursuits, like. Like, try, like, anytime you try to get Tankor to actually, like, think and ponder about something, it seems to physically hurt him. To the point where, like, he breathes, he breathes fire from his face? Because, kind of, of course he can. Of course he yeah. can. Like, when I was playing with my toy figures, they all could, like, breathe fire and shoot lightning. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, um, no. Weird. The Cyberverse Grimlock actually can just breathe fire. <laughs> he's a dinosaur that makes sense he's supposed to be like ancient dragon or something i don't know well i, um, I actually I, i'm sure you didn't but in the in cyberverse uh there is a point where they find the ark uh grimlock actually falls in the lava and he jumps out and, and he kind of just diverts the heat through fire breath uh, <laughs> which yeah, i'm that, like okay this is the best version of grimlock ever yeah kind of reminds me in gen one there there was a lot of like i i don't know if you remember the kind of toys where they would have like a flywheel you would do it and it would do sparks and there were like a couple of like monster cons that had that that's a gimmick that is like super cool but it's like definitely like there is no way you would ever do this gimmick again after the 80s because you could cause a fire with that okay good so we will not be seeing a fire breathing tank or toy anytime soon yeah Uh... well it'll be like a plastic thing that you can do (laughs) anyway uh but the fire breath takes out cheat or knocks him Mm. some debris and i think rat trap still trying to talk with him before uh yeah. accidentally burying him in pipes right something like yes that. Mm-hmm. he yeah. um tra- yeah he well when he starts rearing up on him he turns to beast mode thinking oh rhinox might uh would probably recognize me but easier in beast mode that's what I, that's the, that's what i took that's what yeah. i thought the interpretation yeah. was and no he- there there is no rhinox only tank war right <laughs> <laughs> for now so you know how last episode I complimented Cheetah's plan? This is a good plan. It's thought out. The only problem is like Black Arachnid going rogue. This is where we find out that uh, this is we're in a uh, we're in a uh, real like underpants gnome scenario where we're at like step two, which is the question mark, question mark, question mark, <laughs> and they don't know how to get to profit <laughs> because suddenly they're dealing with an angry tank or and all the tank drones showing up, and now they are completely outnumbered. I, I guess he figured that, like, uncovering the memories would mean that the maximal inside would just be released. Mm-hmm. 
Sure, you know, because he's a scientist. He knows how this works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, The tanks do chase uh, the cat and rat up a a, a proverbial tree. I think they're they're in a construction facility of some kind, right? Uh, Yeah, it's some kind of crane. It's like a similar to the crane that, like, uh, Rat Tribe used a golf club swing uh, 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 tank on last episode. I'm going to keep, like, accidentally calling the... At this point, they're the same character. We just can't... Right. Well, the tank or person like there's the same character, but right now the tank or personality is dominant. Like I don't think right. they ever explained exactly what Megatron does, but like it does remind me, it does remind me of the concept of like the shell programs from Beast Beast Wars. That you know the shell program is like what is like what turns like the maximal pods into Predacons. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he used a similar thing to implant a artificial personality onto the maximal sparks. Does that mean that, uh, like, Maximal uh, Black Arachnia was, like, innocent and shy? Well, it doesn't reverse their characterization. Well, I mean, in Tankor's case, it does, but <laughs> the shell program, I presume, just turns them into whatever he needs. It says point A to point B, where point B is where I want it to be. Hmm. I mean, this, like, this is specifically with, like, Tankor and the other generals. Like, I can see Megatron just, like... He is the sort of like villain, just like oh well, I'm going to make them a twisted, an ironic mockery of themselves because why not? I mean, that is are how I s- get my jollies. James, are you trying to suggest tarantulas wouldn't? Well, like, but like Black Arachne was always a proto form. Like he did, like he never knew Black Arachne before he became that. Megatron mm-hmm. knew who these people are. Yeah. Megatron is just that kind of petty. Yeah. Yeah. Though I guess actually, well. The the one of them apparently like he like he actually maybe he gave the if we're going by the theory like he intentionally chose those personalities one of them he actually chose to give a glow up. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but uh, we got what tank drones trying to get these cats down, and uh, the one thing I do like there is a little bit of continuity to what Megatron gave Tankor. Buzzsaws. Yeah. He uses buzzsaws today. And we also get, like, two... To try and, like, cut it down. We also get two good lines. We have, uh... uh we have, uh... We're, 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 like, Cheetor comedy, like, I would, like... I would, like, I miss my old turbo jets. Like, hey! Kind of content, commenting back to Beast Wars. When he, when he could fly. And then we also get uh, Rat Trap going, like... Like, good thing Tankor turned out to be a friend. Imagine if he was recycled from a Predacon. <laughs> yes, imagine indeed, Rat Trap. This also brings up an interesting trivia point. This is actually the only time Predacons are actually mentioned on the show. Oh, and we don't get any any more references to them? Because they're always yeah. fighting Megatron up until now. It's like, oh, when we right. fought Megatron, they never mentioned... So this is the only uh, Predacon reference. Okay. Yeah, according to Bob Skur, like, in the plot, like, yes, Megatron converted Maximals and Predacons. I think it was probably just a marketing thing because there was a similar issue. There is a uh, a non-show character toy called Night Viper, which I believe there there was like I forget if it was rumors or whether it was confirmed. He was actually in his backstory. He was going to be a Predacon, and you can kind of see it because like he's a snake. You know, reptiles are Predacon forms. Hmm. But like, like, like apparently, like Hasbro said, like. I found it confusing to, like, have, like, a heroic Predacon, which is a shame, because I think it would be, like, yeah, like, a cool idea. Like, it's it's kind of like how 
you know, it's kind of like you like to kind of t- go on a weird tangent with like Harry Potter. Like you kind of wish you saw like some of the Slytherins say like at like F you Voldemort, we're gonna help them because like stuff. Which is like, I mean, no, no, they're got... the bad guys. We're gonna throw put them all in the dungeon during the final fight. I mean, we got Dinobot. Yeah. It, it, I mean, would would have uh, Night Viper have just replaced him in that case? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he, I don't think he ever was going to be on the show, but like, you know, it would have been like on the t- on the toy text. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at him right now. Uh, apparently, he was in Beast Wars Uprising, uh-huh. uh, which maybe we actually read him instead of just synopsizing him. Uh, well, there was a that. lot of Beast Wars Uprising to cover. Yeah, I, I you don't need to <laughs> you need to, you don't need to uh, justify yeah. it to me. I'm the one who suggested we just we is <laughs> there's too much to just read it because it would be an entire season of our show. Yeah. Anyways, we cut back to uh, like uh, to uh, Jetstorm. I believe being chased. Uh, they believe they take their fight inside of a building. Oh yeah, this is ballin'. Um, mm-hmm. I think Night Scream is trying to outfly Jetstorm. It uh-huh. pisses him off. I think there, yeah. there's a line in there, something like "Nice moves, kids," but around here, I'm Top Gun. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think Night Scream tricks Jetstorm into crashing into a building. Mm-hmm. But because Jetstorm has the spark, Night Scream goes back in uh, to get it. So they have a little bit of a hallway fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Yeah, it ends with uh, Night Scream like getting the spark, flying up through like creating a hole through the middle, or flying up. And as Jetstorm comes in to chase him, he cuts the cables, causing him to, causing it to fall down on Jetstorm, to which we get a a, a Cheetor esque like burn, like C sharp or B flat. Music to my ears. <laughs> Why do the kids always have to have the worst jokes? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways then we cut to uh thrust where i believe we before uh jet storm and night scream threw up like you see him like looking over black wrapping his body and now we see him like kind of like writhing like carrying her shell so she's kind of draped over until night scream shows uh, like finds up and he is not really happy that to see a Viacon going up with a body, and they have a they have a brief fight, and I think like Night Scream like yeah they have a brief fight over the spike, and M- Night Scream wins by draining him, which is like and Night Scream's like super been like super OP in the last few episodes, particularly with that draining move. Like I think he's been like the most competent. He may be like the most competent maximal in terms of like getting one up over the Viacon generals. He seems to know how to use his uh, modes more than the others do, it seems mm-hmm. like. But yeah, it would, so um, Thrust, I mean, one of his claws turns into a grap not a grappling hook, a tether of some kind. And so they have mm-hmm. a tether fight. Like, oh, Thrust yeah. doesn't let him fly off. And so Night Scream does the exact same thing back to him, because the one thing that really bothers me is Night Scream's vampire bite is also a tether. Uh-huh. <laughs> so well, they're would... both long range in, mm-hmm. that, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if he had to get close to every Viacon he drains, he uh, he he probably get shot. But that's the trade-off. Vampires are OP, even the emo kinds. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing that it's never day on Cybertron in this show. <laughs> I'm not even sure if uh, Cybertron has a son in this in this point in continuity. I did i I did look ahead, and apparently there is one episode that actually features a sunrise. 
uh, are you sure you're not thinking of the last episode? <laughs> like that scene. <laughs> oh, oh no, we did definitely get at least one sunrise because remember, like, mega, like back in like the week is like the week link. You're right. Like, there's a day. The episode ends at sunrise because that was the bargain. Yeah, that is the that is correct. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Um, but after Night Scream gets Black Arachnia's body back, Black Arachnia's joined. Optimus and the whole Zen, what am I doing here in this big white void? Mm-hmm. Was that well, wild? <laughs> well, because, like, her spark is, like, you know, Optimus sees her and just, like, figures out, like, oh, your spark's been removed from your body. And, like, Blackman's like, wait, you mean I'm offline? And kind of freaks out at the concept of, of being, of potentially being dead. Like, in the real world, Night, Night Scream has her spark outside the container and is like, Okay, how do I put it back into the body? I think he says like insert spark A into like like slot B. But once Black Arachne starts freaking out, like her spark starts darking darting away and he has to give chase. I, I do wanna point out that uh in, in the in the void scene, they got some really awesome subtle acting from both uh, Venus Perzo and Gary Chalk. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I actually wrote that okay, so we've gotten to the point where this show has gotten good. Uh, and I, I think for Beast Machines, the quiet moments are what make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that you mentioned that this is kind of where it got good, I kind of feel like up until uh, the past couple episodes, they've really not done a good job. They've almost been focusing on the scenery more than the bots. Mm-hmm. And this whole three-parter has all been about the bots. They really don't care about Oh look at this new scenery! We can put an entire city up here. They almost don't even care about the city. They mm-hmm. they've really finally focused in on the bots, and it does show. I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's also nice after like having like surly like angry Optimus for like a couple of episodes to like have him like genuinely kind of reach out and calm Black Arachne and keep her from freaking out to allow Night Scream to to get her spark back into her body. I also noted that, like, that, like, hey, this is the first time, like, like Night Scream is, like, not really a jerk, since, you know, he's just, like, like, oh, I gotta help my teammate. He's he's not snarky about it. Like, he doesn't have, like, I don't even think, like, he has, like, a, 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 a cutting put-down when Black Arachnia wakes back up. It's, like, good on Night Scream this episode. Yeah, uh, for, for once, Night Scream is not the worst uh, part of the episode. Yeah. Well, this, is I, a, this was a really good episode, so maybe that's not a high bar. I think they, uh, I think Black Arachnia and Night Scream do kind of thank each other, but they do it in the snide comments, so it's not, it's not, well, it is heartfelt, but it's not like, we're not going to break our facade of being jerks just to thank each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, we go back to, uh, as Cheetor and Rattrap take a trip into next fall, as the arc falls down, they're still trying to get to, uh, in through to uh, get through to Rhinox, but as it turns out, someone else like Optimus is the one who's going to kind of communicate. As we cut to him, I think uh, like the whole time he's been in like this grassy field, like the same one from the opening, but now it cuts to like it cuts to like night, it's raining, they're, they're like. I don't think we ever get a zoom out, but it seems like there's almost like kind of crop circle designs into the ground. I don't know if it's supposed to represent anything. And he kind of comes across a crying voice until he finds Rhinox. 
Yeah, we've got... Um, I mean, right before this is Tank or freaking out. I think they're still trying to reach him, so... We cut to, and yeah, I think it is a crop circles, or actually, no, um, I've got a still of this. It's yeah. circuits. The grass and all the cuts in the field are circuits. Mm. So, you know, it's organic and cybernetic altogether, which is mm. going to be a bit of a running theme, if not for the entire series, at least for this episode. Mm. Yeah, mm. Optimus walks up and sees the familiar form of uh, Rhino bot mode Rhinox in this empty uh, part of the field. Yeah, so... He says he's... Well, he sounds like he's in pain. But he mm-hmm. says, like, trapped, abandoned. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, considering what's going to happen in a moment, I'm wondering, like, what what is he... What exactly is he referring to? Is he mm-hmm. referring to what both sides did to him? Mm-hmm. Well, Optimus is absolutely overjoyed at finding him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at least that that's good for, Op- uh, for Optimus, mm-hmm. finally getting some good news. But, yeah, short-lived, because... Rhinox just lashes out at Optimus. Mm-hmm. Yep. He he could have been angry at Megatron. He could have been angry at Optimus. But right now he is furious and he's ripping Optimus's, uh, mm-hmm. well, optimal, not optimal, ah, optimism apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He, like, he talks, he totally buys into the Megatron thing. He talks about how individuality is a disease and like how he wants nothing to do with them. And I believe that transitions over, like, we, we transition to, to the real one as, like, Tankor starts speaking with Rhinox's voice. Oh, I forgot one, right before that, uh, uh, like, t- uh, uh swoons in and takes out a bunch of drones and says, like, I hope those mindless Tonka toys are still under warranty, clearly disrespecting the Hasbro brands. <laughs> Well, it's, it's like every Fo- uh, Fox show disrespects Fox constantly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Tanker... So, I guess now we can just call him Rhinox, because that's who he is now. Like, it's, his, he... it's his voice. That's yeah. the one thing I liked about the voice actors, was uh, we've got voice actor continuity for at least yeah. uh, Tankor Rhinox. I, mm-hmm. I really don't know who voiced Tankor. Like, I don't recognize that as someone else's voice. If that was Rhinox's voice actor, I forget the name, I apologize. But if that was Rhinox's voice actor just doing dumb tank work, props on him, good work. See, no, I believe they got uh, Paul Dobson to do his voice. But yeah, no, they do manage to do like a good transition to like Richard Newman so it doesn't feel like jarring. It's just, it's just like this character has like changed and almost kind of evolved. If anyone's worried about, um, you know, Paul Dobson not being around, don't worry. Uh, he, he actually voices a diagnostic drone, and he'll be back for another character soon, uh, mm-hmm. later. Yeah, so he explains that, like, that he is, that the entire time, like, the entire time, he's actually been conscious and, like, of what's going on. And he, this is what caused him to kind of grow and understand Megatron. And Cheetor rejects this and says, like, no. This isn't right. This is not what Rhinox would say. Your spark is corrupted. And then he orders everyone, like, the Maximals to take him down and Rat Trap to, like, reprogramming him, which is, like, kind of a chilling scene to, like, have all, like, the Maximals just, like, like managing to, like, grab and pin Tango to the ground and Rat Trap very hesitantly getting ready to, like, you know, jack into him. Like, Rat Trap clearly is just, like, 
I like he's it can feel like I don't is like I don't really want to do this, but I guess I have to. A moral quandary and a kids television product line show uh-huh. like is Cheetor's under the presumption that Rhinox is corrupted. That that okay, you're you're not really the person we thought you were. Hey, let's go fix him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not alone in, in in hearing a lot of problems with that in today's world. You don't fix people because they've changed. Right. Like, mm-hmm. this is completely against Optimus's probably viewpoint. I, I, I think we do uh, hear Optimus's side of it later, but... Yeah, in fact, he shows up right now and orders the Maximals to stand down. And he tells them all, like, we tamper with his mind, then we are no better than Megatron. And, like, this is honestly the first time he's really seemed like like the leader Optimus we, we, know, we know and love from Beast Wars. And, like, he, you know, try, he has, like, a last conversation with Rhinox, letting him go peace and hoping that he'll understand that harmony without free will isn't right. And then, uh, Rhinox, like, departs and, like, we get a pretty badass line where he just says, Goodbye, Optimus. When we meet again, it will not be as allies. Oh. Yeah. My... Uh... And that's a stone-cold way to end a conversation. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, R- Rhinox got all, not all the best lines, but every bit of dialogue from uh, Rhinox was spot-on perfect. It was great to hear his voice again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say, though, when Rhinox is chewing out, you know, Cheetor, Rat Trap, and mm-hmm. um, I don't think he says this to Optimus. I think he says this to Cheetor. Yeah. Uh, he he cuts this line. Is this your way of achieving peace and harmony? This isn't the jungle. He mm. Rhinox wanted to be back on Cybertron is, is the way that it's making. It sounds like Rhinox do, did not really care whether it was nature or technology. He thought there was a balance. And right now he's, he actually legitimately, whether corrupted or not, sees what the Maximals are doing as kind of just vigilante mm. anarchy. And, mm-hmm. It really cuts the bone. You know, we're not in jungle laws. We're in our we're in our home. Mm-hmm. I uh, there, there, there's oh wow there's some actual stuff I could bring up here. Um, there there was a uh, what exactly did France Fanon? He uh, he was one of the quote freedom fighters for Algeria mm-hmm. uh, against the the you know trying to get trying to reclaim Algeria from the French mm-hmm. uh, in the I think it was the seventies. Uh, like he he would very much disagree with with Rhinox here because uh, when it be- he kind of wrote that when it becomes desperate enough in order to actually achieve and if there is no other way you kind of need to like act like it's a jungle you need to resort to violence. Uh, now obviously this goes against what mm. most people not living in the jungle would would go for, would would agree with, uh, but. Uh, in in these extreme circumstances, like uh, uh, Algeria was in in the uh, mid to late seventies, uh, and in fact on Cybertron, where literally every single living person on the planet has been harvested, has their had their uh, soul harvested, and uh, one guy is master controlling the entire planet. I I think in this case, civil discourse is not the right right path. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm ag- I'm agreeing with you. Obviously, we want to root for the heroes, <laughs> well, but it's yeah. just it's just such a cutting remark that 
yeah, the, the, the Maximals really haven't grown out of what the Beast Wars did to them. And cutting back that this isn't the jungle, it just drips of Vietnam war vet. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, nowadays, you know, the Freedom Fighter part is one deal, but for years, and even in the 90s, it was a big enough deal to talk about the things that people went through in war in Vietnam and foreign wars that they couldn't find peace and harmony back home. I, I kind of felt like it was more of an allusion to stop living by the rules of the jungle and just accept through like obviously Rhinox had to have been co-opted. Like I'm agreeing with Cheetor. Yeah. Rhinox got corrupted. Yeah. But that it, doesn't mean we go and fix him. Interestingly, uh Bob Scurs like said like his original intention well he didn't he didn't write the scene to go th- this way. His original intention was that Rhinox had had quote seen all sides of the argument and chose to go more in Megatron's direction. And then so after a quiet chat, he announced to split part company. Obviously, that that is not how Richard Newman played any of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a theory that uh, the Newman's uh, like sort of growly portrayal when they're in the the grasslands kind of made them uh, when they got to the animation side they they decided to change it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Richard Newman is like five two and a hundred pounds wet. Yeah. Uh, so it's. A little ironic that he plays such like uh, a, such a menacing character. Yeah, no, he he is good at villains. Like, like everyone's like, like I, everyone's probably seen like clips of like like the this is delicious from Street Fighter Two from the Street Fighter Two show. But like, no, like he does like he is like really good at doing villain voices. Even like to me, like you know, as iconic as iconic as you know, like being the heroic Rhinox. Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, like you said, Rhinox, and actually in the Zen Mystic crop scene, I, Tankor and Rhinox's bot forms flash in the lightning against each other. So it's it's fair to say that they're probably more of an amalgam of each other than they are mm-hmm. just Rhinox or just Tankor. Mm-hmm. But, yes, thank, um, thank you for bringing that up because that is a good point. But I forgot it is, about the flashing. How it right. flashes between the forms. Yeah, because the storm got bigger as Optimus approached uh, Rhinox. Um, but I was going to say, Tank or Rhinox amalgam definitely agrees with, you know, it's all about the technological superior, the organic was a problem. He does buy into that part of Megatron, so it sounds almost like he doesn't care about the individuality part because it didn't affect him as badly. He, he's got a body again. So in a way it's very cold to say, but he's no longer, he's no longer subject to the loss of individuality that the other generals are. Mm. It does make me wonder if you remember in mercenary pursuits, Tankor almost seemed to like want to get his spark extracted. And I wonder like, was that the Tankor personality or was that the Rhinox one? Like he feels like, Oh, this is wrong. I need to get out of this body because like, I shouldn't be an individual right now. I feel that part is Tankor, and I feel that Rhinox was suffering so much that he agreed with effectively suicide. Uh-huh. Lob- yeah. Lobotomization, maybe? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, spark removal, I mean, they, he, uh, Megatron built the generals by using someone else's spark, 
mm-hmm. it's fair to say that you know it's more like a coma yeah. than death, or more like a coma than lobotomization. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't there a name for um for for like Rhinox merged with Tankor? Rancor? <laughs> sure, I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I I thought there yeah. was like I just I thought like in fandom somewhere there was a name for like the amalgamized personality of those two. Maybe I don't know that I'm hit. One note, one note's funny. We talked about the whole talk this thing. Like that scene isn't actually the end of the episode. <laughs> nope, it keeps going. It feels like an end, but it is an end yeah. for the immediate drama. But yeah, cut back yeah, no, to it, hidden base. Yeah, and where Optimus reveals that. He that uh, yeah he's he's finished commuting with the Oracle and the Matrix and now he knows what's going, where he believes that the the be like the Oracle like and guided them to go onto the Beast Wars to bring back organic life to Cybertron, to which Cheetor is just like wait do we even really know that our organic life was here, and then it's like well yeah we like we've seen the evidence we've seen the tree and they will eventually find more evidence. About this, uh, can I? I think now I can probably probably finally talk about this. Mm. So, uh, while this was like obviously this has been a form uh, a point of contention among the fandom for ever since, mm. but uh, I I think it was uh, not Bob Budiansky. Who's the who's the writer? Um, Bob Skr. No, not Bob Skr. The one we um, the this the the biggest Transformer scribe. Uh, Mm-hmm. He wrote Furman, or Furman. Yes, uh, I think Furman tried to like uh, tried to fix this uh, like at some point. Uh, so, as for those who don't know about uh, Transformers cosmology, uh, Primus was you know a cosmic being, but he and Unicron had to in, like inhabited a physical form, uh, and this there actually was organic life on. Cybertron before Primus inhabited it, but him inhabiting it kind of wiped it out. Mm. So since the the Matrix slash the AllSpark kind of is the uh, the spark of Primus and his his will, is this kind of him trying to apologize to that and trying to yeah. make amends? Like if either of you have watched uh, Star Trek Voyager, like the the caretaker destroyed the Ocamp the the engines from the caretaker ship destroyed the Ocampa atmosphere, so he just has to. He said, oh, okay, I gotta check these guys from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We do close out on the image of, like, of, like, a Cybertron with a tree going and a ghostly image of, a of, like, a tank or a Rhinox there. Rancor. Like, which is good, but, like, I do, like, the war talk is, like, they should have just, like, ended with, like, with, like, tank or walking away and the mic dropped. Just, like, you can't really follow that up. Mm. Yeah, you could have put that discussion, like, in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Well, hold on now, because uh, oh. here's the thing. This is one of the reasons why I absolutely love this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, they could have dropped the mic at uh, Rhinox Tank or running off, or walking off and rejoining Megatron's side. But remember, y'all said there was a theme with all the episodes I've joined in on. And uh-huh. yes, let's just lay it out here. It's about Rhinox. I love my big, mm-hmm. my, my booty Rhinhorn. Rhinhorn. Um. He's been changed evil before, and you know what happened then? And back in Beast Wars, evil Rhinox was a better Predacon than Megatron. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> if they end it with Tankor's uh, menacing, looming body over the, the natural growth out of Cybertron, you know what that makes me think? It makes me think Rhinox is going to take his. Rhinox isn't just going to sit laying down. He's going to get his back on uh, Megatron. He prefers the technological superiority, but now he is the star screen. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting theory. Yeah, you might not be wrong about that. Let's see how it plays out, because I still don't remember how this series ends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like the people who realized in uh, the second to last season of Breaking Bad uh, that there's uh, those... uh, All those... uh, bug tents were coming up and they thought oh maybe that means that uh... oh no 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 it's okay it's okay uh i it's just because of uh it's because the ending theme started uh i, I started back up uh it was only stopped for a second the uh all those uh pest control tents were uh, were coming up all the fumigation tents sorry about the word uh, thought that maybe that meant that Walter uh, was getting got cancer again, uh, and interesting theories, people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, moving on to trivia, I guess, or I guess we talked about it. I think we did it. kind of cover the trivia. You yeah. mentioned Japanese title, and I mentioned like uh, Square's intention. I do think, like, I mean, I'm gonna like, I do think like Richard Newman made the right choice going like snarly. Like, I hadn't even thought about like the kind of like like you know ptsd like war veteran kind of angle of um, like why are you mad and i i like it does work like i remember this is probably like one of the more conscious things beast machine do but i remember even at the time i actually thought it was a clever choice like there are certain like you could make arguments that it's like super out of character he was the spiritual one in much of nature why would he go the technical stuff but like for me it kind of works yeah, I think the fact is that Rhinox melds with what he's in at the time when he was a rhino. He melded with nature because he understood the system of nature. Now he's completely technological. Yeah. He understands the, the purity of technology. Like, I think he understands purity at whatever he's in, mm-hmm. whatever state he's in. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if uh, the other Geocon generals play by these rules when we get their identities revealed, which I could have sworn was in this episode, but nope, it's uh, still a couple of episodes off. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Not not everything is revealed this episode. Just, uh, go, go but ahead. I do remember, and I'm not going to say the name because I don't care how your your poll goes, Dowd. We're still gonna we're still gonna hold my spoilers together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the next one of the next spoilers is the same as Tankor's. It's in the reflective eye of that Vihagan general. Uh-huh. I do remember that scene. Hmm. I, I didn't so watch know. their eyes. Watch their eyes, because we got Rhinox revealed in the reflective eye of technically not Tankor, but basically Tankor. Hmm. We're gonna, I, I, I'm pretty sure we get the rest of them uh, revealed through their eyes. Hmm. Uh, I know one of them for sure is not. Uh, hmm. at least when they. I'm only remembering one. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you're thinking of the other one. Mm-hmm. I'm. I must be. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So in that case, we're gonna move on to a character spotlight. So uh, actually, I come to think of it, like when we talked, when we did character spotlight on Jetstorm, did we actually talk about who voiced him? I don't oh, think we did. No, we didn't actually. I think we're too used to like having this 
the same voice actors. Like, we got Jim, Bur- Jim Byrne back for Thrust that we completely forgot that, oh, no, Thrust, I I believe Jetstorm is voiced by a different actor. Yeah. Uh, you can confirm that. Yes, it's uh, Bri- Brian Drummond, uh, who I kind of just know uh, mainly as the voice of Ryuk from Death Note. Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> oh, is Brian Drummond uh, like, also the voice? Oh, man, I know him as, like, the voice of Zex Marquis from uh, Gundam Wing. Uh, I'm looking at it right now, so let's see here. Uh, Venom and Spider-Man Unlimited. Uh, a uh-huh. couple characters from Ninjago. Uh, oh, he streaked his super cat in, in Crypto Super Dog. Yeah. <laughs> of course, in Gundam Wing, he'd also be working alongside, uh, like, fellow Beast, Beast Wars actors, Scott McNeil and David Kay, who because they did voices for that. Yeah. yeah I, Zex Marquis to Jetstorm, that's a big, nice range of characterization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see Gundam. Yeah. I'll find it here. So, uh, Tank Roar is voiced by Paul William Dobson, who's a Canadian voice actor. Uh, and he is... And as far as, like, other characters, he... Like, he'd be known for... He voiced uh, Falcon Fennel in Vision of Ex Caflone. It if you... It is weird, because then I had to... Because that reminds me of, like, how the ill-fated airing of that was on Fox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He also... Also, he is. This is not his first rodeo with uh, with mainframe where he voiced Enzo Matrix in reboot. I'm going to assume that's uh, that's old Enzo, Enzo, not the kid one. Oh yeah, that would be uh, older yeah. Enzo. He had the gruff, mercenary sound, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, also don't forget he's a voice actor. You can't really pigeonhole them. So <laughs> might have been. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I. I don't. See- not a lot of guys, like older men, can do the kids' voices, though. Um, jo- Johnny Young Bosch can do, can, can for sure do kid voices. Uh, he, he is a god? Yeah. <laughs> of martial arts and voices? Yeah, mm. um, he, he, but he also does, uh, I think it's Dante in Devil May Cry. Mm. So he, he, he kind of has the, he, he's one of the few who does the, the, the whole range. Mm. But Johnny Young Bosch's voice is in general a higher pitch anyway, so it leans towards child or naive or pure characters oh yeah whereas uh yeah not so much for gruff uh, uh, uh jaded characters yeah he also did uh juggernaut next man evolution and dr doom in fantastic four world greatest heroes which i think was the newer version like i th- i think that was like the one where they were supposed to be teens and also he voiced dr doom in the marvel versus capcom 3 well, there you go. That's the one we should have led with. Yeah. A and delicious also, mojito. <laughs> he also, also this this will not be the last time he's with a franchise where he, where he's voiced, uh, he'll voice uh, characters from Armada, GoBots, Energon, and Cybertron. Nothing after, nothing after that. So I guess like, like, like he's done his stuff. It felt he's like, I, I've done enough with this with the franchise. I will move on. Oh, actually, so uh, speaking of uh, speaking of other characters, so because they're kind of doing, they're both doing double duty. Uh, I just noticed this: Richard Newman was Vector Prime in Cybertron. Oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that part. Yeah, like he's one of the, he's one of the thirteen primes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all right, so anyways, uh, also I found the the least surprise, surprising trivia fact about this. When to Bob Scar, Tankor is based off of the Hulk. I mean, <laughs> I 
I can hear you being stunned in, in silence by this shocking revelation. <laughs> yeah, tank or smash. That, that's not the Hulk, yeah. <laughs> well, well, hold on. We've got the Bruce Banner Rhinox mm. to tank or Hulk. <laughs> yeah. It goes... It goes twice as deep as that. that. I, there actually yeah. was a version. It's such of a, a shallow <laughs> reference, but it goes so deep. Also, the version of um, there's a version of the Hulk called Professor Hulk, which is basically an intelligent Green Hulk kind of, you know, basically Bruce Banner in the body of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, okay, that's what he is right now. He's Professor Tankor now. Awesome, best Hulk XP in Transformers. <laughs> yeah, like the other, like the other Vicon generals. In in uh, Beast Wars Returns, there's no mystery who he is. He does he does uh he does Rhinox's vocal tick of ending sentences in Donna, including like lines of dialogue where he's just like saying Donna 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 all the time. So no he, mystery there. Does he say that every time he shoots? I would not be shocked. If that's <laughs> the case. Uh... Anyways, and then we get to the toys. So. Uh, I'm gonna give you guys a link just so you can see what I'm talking about. I see him here. Uh, mm-hmm. So the first one he got was a Mega Toy, which, if I rem- if I remember correctly, was one of the first Beast Machine toys that got revealed. I think if I actually remember correctly, the prototype got leaked to the internet because I remember my brother like looking on forums and seeing it, and I think that was the first. Like that is a. That is a fairly common process now. Like for years, like Hasbro would have like you know, all it takes is like one line worker in, in China to say like, like oh this line doesn't come up. We have this prototype we're supposed to destroy. I'm gonna sell it on eBay. But like so that's pretty relatively common now. But this was the first time I think it happened. So, uh, like a lot of these early Viacons doesn't entirely like only like only kind of looks like the show model. He does have the buzzsaw arms, and he does have the, when you, if you roll him along the ground, his, like, little, his, like, his, like, you can see his mono eye in tank mode, and it goes back and forth like a Cylon. We kind of got that this episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things about this, because uh, I'm looking at the page. Uh, why is his function Predacon General? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, I was confused about that. Function, he's a... Viacon function Predacon general, and I don't know. Do they do the toys merge, or is that not merge? Do the toys merge like the other continuities? Because there are there's at least one other tank or continuity. Yeah, that is weird. I I, I thought I, I, I thought either it was a misprint on the on the packaging and his bio, or a misprint on the page. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I don't know because like also his tech specs do kind of get like almost kind of gives it away. So his uh, quote is, among the winners, there is no room for the weak, which seems way more too verbose for, tra- for a Tankor. Hmm. He's like, a giant power tank Viacon. Tankor exists only to crush everything under his treads that doesn't blow up first. Simple-minded, Tankor is unquestionably loyal to Megatron. Or so he wants everyone to think. In reality, Tankor hides his intelligence, playing the Viacons and Megatron off of each other, so he might someday take sole control of Cybertron. He was a flamethrower. He was a flamethrower in tank mode, while a head-mounted energy laser, well, head-mounted energy lasers top off an assortment of heavy weaponry in robot mode. What a Megatron three generals tankers in charge of the powerful tank drones. Which wave did he come out in? Because like, like, that seems wild that he would like kind of I like think it was almost the give first. it away. 
I think they said you said it was the first uh, Beast Machine toy. Yeah, I'm trying to see like if like which which wave did he come out in? Um, he... I, I I looking at his uh, his actual specs. Yeah, he's a wave one. So yeah, like he would have been one of the first toys to come out and like have like yeah, he's secretly in, it does like it doesn't say that he's like Rhinox, but he's like yeah, this guy's secretly intelligent and a traitor. Just like you're you're spoiling the show. Uh, something. Apparently, Tank Horse Courage is at a nine. Uh huh. Uh, which I, uh, dumb, <laughs> stupid, and dumb, but still courageous. Yeah, intelligence at a, a seven. Well, okay. Kinda I mean, seemed... pretending to be stupid and dumb. Yeah, obfuscating yeah. stupidity. Uh huh. Um. Okay, I, I get why his speed is you know a little bit lower, but shouldn't his endurance be higher up because he's kind of a he's a literal uh, tank? I mean, tech specs are always kind of wild, like. Yeah, like no, like no one really, unless like they are like it's like oh, this is a character only has a sword. Their fire, their firepower is still like high. Even like ones that have sword like firepower three, it's just like does he even have a gun? Why does that even represent? <laughs> Anyways, so, but also like thrust, they went and made a a basic drone toy that looks a lot more like him. It has like you know. Stuff like the shoulder, like, as, like, kind of has, like, the shoulder things that he has on him. I, I don't know how to describe them, but they're, like, I don't want to say pauldrons. It's almost like certain Gundams will have, like, sh- like shield mounted, like, shields mounted on their sol- shoulder, and kind of looks like that. But anyways, this one got painted into actual tank or for, for the Beast Wars Return line in Japan. Obviously, he's a bit too small to do the, uh, I gimmick, but his but when you do roll him, his cannon does spin around, kind of like in the show. Mm. Again, gotta get those play features in. Let's see, let me put a link so you can guys see. I don't think one. he actually got a text back, did he? No, he did not. Yeah. And like, I didn't copy the text for like the tank drone because I was like, well, that's technically not tank or. Uh, now I feel like I should at least like look over to see if there's like anything like funny in it. Well, if it's the second link you have in the notes, then like it, there's not really anything there, right? Just a, right, because, uh, like, yeah, because, like, I don't think Japan was as big as doing, like, tech specs. And, like, this toy was not obviously not released in America. Hmm. But you know what was released in America? Huh? McDonald's toy. Yeah! He got, like, <laughs> yep, not, like, he got a McDonald's toy, which, again, looks much more like the show character than most, than... His toys. Although, actually, like, Tank Drone is, like, probably, like, the most, like, show accurate of, like, any of the vehicles they would ever make. Because, like, he looks like it. The only, like, you know, he looks like him, both in tank and vehicle mode. The only downside is because he's a basic, like, if you're, like, trying to, like, do, like, dioramas, like, I'm a, he is massively out of scale to everything. I mean, like, everybody in Beast Wars, Beast Machines is super out of scale to everyone. Like, Rat Trap's a, like, Night Screamer or a giant. Even though, like, they're all like some of the smaller characters in the show. You get eight points of articulation in robot mode. Oh my god! Yeah, and also the other picture I link is so. In addition to coming out of McDonald's, they also came out of it as an Australian food perhaps food chain called Red Rooster. And for Tankor, they actually the original toy has light piping, which is where it has clear plastic. So if you like shine a light and the eye of their eyes glow, they made a couple different versions where they like. Did instead did the light piping piping different plastic, so you get these like cool like 
red and blue, like, in green tank or is it, like, I am shocked some, like, that has not, not been, like, made into, like, a, like, a toy. Like, where, like, how is there not, like, an e-hobby exclusive tank or in these colors or something? Uh, I think they actually, yeah, they plugged up the light piping. Uh, also because the softer plastic they use, they, uh, apparently his, his arms are hard to get out. Yeah. I mean, it's a Happy Meal toy, so you t- you take what you get. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lewis, do, do we lose you? No, I'm I'm, I'm just enjoying this uh, tank or rolling out. Okay, cool. I was just checking because it's it. Anyways, and and he did get one more in like 2012. He got a new toy in like the Generations Thrilling Thirty line, which was like for the 30th anniversary of the Transformers line, which came with a then current issue of the IDW comic. Uh, where this toy looks like kind of a mystics bag. Like, his robot mode is super accurate. It has, like, proportions where, like, his chest is really wide and stuff. And that looks great. But for the vehicle mode, it looks like you basically kind of, like, lay him back down. He looks like the Batmobile from the Nolan movies. He kind of does, actually. I don't know if that's intentional. Unfortunately, uh, he... The toy has infamously bad... Quality control, including often having two left elbows, which is a problem for a toy. And the pa- the comic itself even has pages out of order, resulting in a toy that was ended up being like an infamous peg warmer. So, sorry, sorry, Tankor, you got you got your big coming out again, and they messed it up. Uh, you, he did get a new text back. No quote. Tankor is a mountain of pure destructive force. Give him an objective, and it's as good as done. Parentheses, and quite possibly crushed, smacked, or completely demolished. The Viacon General doesn't have much for brain power, but his skill for bat- in battle is nearly unrivaled. Uh, and yet they still the... gave him an eight in intelligence. <laughs> uh, Lewis, here's the, uh, here's the links of the generation so you can see it. Mm-hmm. They didn't copy stat values. Did they actually give him like, like, uh, like stats? I do kind of miss the numbers, and the numbers are always meaningless. Yeah, oh yeah, you're right. He did give him an. They gave him an intelligence eight. Someone was totally asleep at their wheel. Just like at least pretend these numbers have value. Like theoretical, like tech spec, like number assigner. I'm gonna say George. <laughs> yeah, George. Stop, yeah, stop slacking. Uh, we <laughs> we were a uh, little company in joke, but uh, the, we we refer to that customer uh, as Karen. So I'm gonna <laughs> refer to it as Karen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always a Karen. Yeah, no, that's exactly. <laughs> I actually have a user who's Karen. Is very nice. Yeah, no, no, any Karen I've known has actually been pretty nice. It's just that that's the uh, that, that <laughs> we, whenever we have a difficult customer, we we uh, we refer to them as Karen. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, that's all for Tankor. Uh, I know you see in Golden Disc mention the poll. Will the poll still be running by the time this episode comes out? So I I will endeavor to uh to to get this one out in time. Uh, I I will have to get rid of the backlog though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll discuss the poll. Like, if, if it comes out too late, just cut this part out. Yeah, I'll cut this part out, and then yeah. the next episode we record, I'll, I'll put the poll back up the, the day it goes yeah. up. Yeah, we put a poll on Twitter. 
uh, asking if people want to feel about us discussing spoilers. Do you just want us? Do we want us to like just say this is an old show? We can talk whatever. Do you want us to like respect for like people who are like watching along the first time, which is what Lewis is, is championing for? Um, the the third the third option is probably the happy medium. Medium is uh, put a spoiler uh, put a segment where we'll, we'll keep the spoilers in, but because yeah. like we're getting frustrated and dancing around the identities of the of the generals. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to be able to like talk like you know it's an old show and I like from like let's like okay we know who the generals are now so we can reflect upon stuff that happens in the show stuff certain stuff and like we can be like oh isn't this ironic but we can say like. Oh, so this is, like, let's think about what these character choices mean if this character is actually this character. So, theoretically, this poll is still going on. If not, whoops, we'll cut this whole thing out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Didn't happen. Yeah. All right, so then I guess that brings us to our MVBs. Uh, Lewis, you are the guest. Uh, who is your MVB? Hmm. I don't know, because, uh... Everyone was doing something, and this is a Rhinox-centric episode, but he was the subject of it, not the, like, action of it. Mm -hmm. I think I really kind of just want to give it to Rat Trap. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, he was the one that was our moral compass, Mm -hmm. and he hesitated long enough. I mean, I don't know how long it would take to rewrite Tank or Rhinox's spark, but he hesitated long enough to let Optimus be the... The, the spokesman of reasonable uh, mm. thoughts. It, they kind of peer pressured Rat Trap. I got to mention they uh, and which goes back to uh, the weak component where he kind of felt useless. So it's not as bad. It didn't feel like Rat Trap was being actively bullied. No, not a, like, like he was okay. He wasn't being actively bullied, but he uh, he had misgivings, and mm. che- and Cheetor and the rest of them were kind of were kind of like telling him to hurry up and do his. Uh, so he kind of was peer pressured into it. Yeah. Uh, it also does make a... Uh, we didn't really bring it up. This also makes an interesting contrast of, like, we've been getting to see, like, Cheeto versus as leader versus Optimus. We're just like, yeah, like, we're, like, on the surface, it seems like, yeah, like, he's a much better thing than Megatron. Uh, sorry, leader than Optimus. Like, he's full of action. But, like, you know, his plan kind of fell apart when, like, because like, he didn't have, like, you know, that, that second step worked out. And, like, doing, like, a very moral gray thing, which... Clearly, Optimus would not have done because he tells him not to do it. You know what? Forget my MVB. Rat Trap was fine. Night Scream pulled his two ounces of weight. His 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 five pounds when wet. Night Scream fought off Thrust, got back the spark. Didn't know what to do, but still somehow assisted uh, Black Arachnia in re. Uh, regaining her spark honestly nice cream was the most effective bot in the whole episode Dang. yeah that actually that actually was going to be mine too uh and also because uh considering the reputation he has i want to give it to nice cream because uh i he kind of needs every win he can get at the moment is this the first time we've given an mvb to night cream yeah if it's the only time good luck yeah. <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure it's the first time we've gotten we've uh, we've given the MVP to Ice Cream. I mean, I'm positive we didn't give it to him in his first episode. Yeah, that was I. I remember I gave it to Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so who's yours? Right. 
Alright. I, 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 I will give one for, for Rhinox, just for, like, the, like, like, Richard Newman's performance and, like, that final, that, that, that mic drop line. Oh, like, yeah. Like, he, he, like, he sold, he sold this heel turn, which, which, like, on paper should not work and should not make any sense. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I, I, it does not, yeah, it shouldn't work and it shouldn't, and doesn't really make right. sense on paper. Uh, I, I think the, Writers were kind of just planning to explore it more in in following episodes. Yeah. yeah. No, this is not. Yeah, this is not the last we will see of Tank Four. He like. He he definitely uh, to borrow another character's phrase has plans. Although, hey, oh, you wouldn't really man. put that past him. Uh, you wouldn't really put that past Evil Rhinox, would you? To like wait for um the Maximals and Megatron to like tire each other out and then swoop in and take over. Now you're making me hungry for some, uh, not Scorpionock, I'm so sorry, for some, uh, evil, evil spider plants. I just want some spider plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do kind of miss, like, having, uh, having uh, tarantulas in the show. I, I was briefly, uh, checking, <laughs> speaking of tarantulas, uh, I was briefly checking Rhinox's page on the, on the wiki, and apparently Alec Willows, who, uh, remind you, voice tarantulas, did Rhinox in, in one of the games. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Oops. That, that must have been that must have been something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright, so it has been a good discussion, but like also we're we're getting close to an hour and a half. Like, I mean, I don't regret it because we've actually had like a lot of intense discussions and and, and like, you know, detail and solution. It's not just like uh, goofing over the plot. Yeah. So, but I will cut to, to our next episode preview. Megatron targets Night Scream for capture, so we can learn more about how the Maximals were able to survive the virus in Survivor. So, hopefully, like, this is, like, a, like you know, this confidence of Night Scream carries over to next episode, since it's going to be Night Scream-focused. This is one I don't actually remember, based on the based on the episode description. Like, a lot of these ones, you know, it's like, oh, I remember this episode. Like, I definitely remember this episode. I remember some of the episodes that happened later. I don't remember this upcoming episode hopefully that's just me like oh i'm getting old and not because oh it was a stinker but we'll find out next week uh i will okay i'll i'll give you a quick quote for, uh from the next episode to get you excited uh you'll i bet you'll recognize the quote actually let me find it here right, uh you uh i think it's time we come to an understanding about who gives the orders <laughs> uh, which I, mysterious. I, I, did, I did not say that to James before we started recording because I feel like he's getting a little too power hungry. <laughs> we all know who edits the recordings around here. <laughs> all right, so that brings us to our closing. Uh, actually, no. Before we go, that I forgot. Like Lewis, like. Do you, like, thank you for coming on to the show. It's, it is always fun to talk to you. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I am not continuing with my streaming lately. Uh, taking a break for this year as I'm working on some more personal projects. Ooh. So uh, just catch me at Twitter, uh, at BossLCA. And I'll be happy to talk about Beast Wars, Beast Machines, and general nerdum facts. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, so then... Thank you all for listening to the Axelon Archives. If you have any questions or want to guest on the show, 
or we'll just want to talk about Beast Wars, you can reach us at on Twitter at at at. at, at. It's, it's weird. To, it's it's hard to say. Week. I messed it up too. Yeah. At Axelon Archives or by email at Axelon Archives at gmail.com. Part of this music, the music used in this episode is Fat Planet by Left Field. This copyright Left Field. Fat Planet is used only for purposes of discussion and no violation of international copyright law is intended. You should find the band, you can find the band on web, the web at leftfieldmusic.com and on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes by searching for Leftfield All One Word. I am beginning to understand why some podcasts will pre-record their closing statements. Mm-hmm. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Podnight, Podbean, Podchaser, TuneIn, Stitcher, or on Spotify. But not, but maybe not yet Pandora. We don't know. <laughs> Please leave a rating or interview because it helps people find the show. Check out our website at axelon.buzzproud.com. And if you can fo- want to follow either of us on Twitter, you can follow me at Discord underscore Inc. You can find me at Dowfac. And until next time. Remember to transform and transcend your destiny. Let's get ready to make some noise. Alternatively, we could have we could have have C sharp or B flat. <laughs> That's anyway, it. I'm, I'm taking his MVB away. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. It's forgot over about that one. It's it's in the can. But the yeah. Beast Wars are over. My my brother actually does listen to us. Uh, I think it, I'm not sure if it's 1.5 or double, uh-huh. but uh, be, just because he doesn't have the time to listen to uh, to actually listen to us, but he's trying to be supportive. Uh-huh. Uh he, he actually does listen to us at like one and a half speed. Mm-hmm. Which considering how fast is, is supportive is uh is uh ah. Well, he still listen. No, I'm 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 having fun. I'm having okay. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, he... It's more than my brother does. Like my brother doesn't even listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> well, he he also left us a review. He's one of the two we've got. Did I not leave a review yet? Am I a you... monster? <laughs> Janine and and my brother are the only oh, ones who left us a review. Crap, I actually need to do that. Okay. Oh, you know, I'm I gonna think... I'm gonna call some people out. Is that, is that was, that go ahead, call call me out. Go yeah. ahead, get me some shame <laughs> in this thing. We haven't even, we haven't even sounded off yet, and we already know we're in trouble. <laughs> Be fair, more I I have always felt like more people would leave iTunes reviews if it didn't require you to actually use iTunes. iTunes is a pain. That's what Podknife is for, right? Yes, I, I haven't actually I haven't actually used Podknife. We talk, we? Yeah, no, we've gone for five minutes and not actually talked about. It. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> we talked about more. We more about the show off air than on recording <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I'm. I'm putting this at the end. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. not the not the whole thing. Yeah, just it's the only five thing? minutes. Five minutes. The only yeah, two minutes. But two that's minutes. But that's three minutes and two point five speed. No, one point five speed. <laughs> no, um... two two minutes. Okay, I'll do it in two minutes. I'll, yeah. I'll cut two minutes out. Find the funny parts. Yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna include anything. Yeah, right. make James look good for once. Ouch! <laughs> what you you always complain about me having the James, editing? James, he does the editing. He sure. makes only the people he wants to make look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I I cut out my gaffes and keep his in because I think his are funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all of our listeners think that you're the funny one. <laughs>
<laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... Oh, I guess we actually should do a countdown before I... As I yes. start the opening, like, oh, we haven't actually synced. That'll make... that. That's why I was confused. I'm like, are we, are we, are we on? Yeah. Yeah, like, like Dow talking, like, oh, this show is easy. We get through an episode and don't do a sync, and he's just like, oh my god. <laughs> Disaster has <laughs> well, happened. It, w- it wouldn't be, actually, it wouldn't be that hard, because yeah. considering how we do the intro. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so, uh, one. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. six. Oh, wait, shit. I think we messed it up. We, we synced together. You did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs>